Hello, welcome to Digital Nomad Ventures, the podcast for aspiring and experienced digital nomads teaching how to travel the world on a budget. Thanks for joining us. Hello, and welcome to another episode of Digital Nomad Ventures. My name is Mike Hope. I will be your host. I'm interviewing Robert O'Crook right now. He is one of the leading educators and coaches for digital nomads and remote workers. He's been privately trained by Google in Canada and has been part of the Upwork Pro Sales and Marketing team, as well as their top-rated freelancer program. He's also the founder of the 10,000-plus member Digital Nomads community, the Digital Nomads Forum on Facebook, and is also the founder of the Mindful Nomads Retreat, a mindfulness and remote work lifestyle-based educational program. Robert is focused on bridging the gap between working remotely and mindfulness. His goal is to help educate, inspire, and empower remote workers to live purposefully, meaningful, and happy lives. So without further ado, welcome Robert O'Crook to this podcast. Hey, Mike. Thank you so much for having me on your show. No problem. Thanks so much for agreeing to be on the podcast. So um, I've, I just recently started this podcast, and I'm always looking for more digital nomads to interview. And uh, so tell me more about what inspired you to just start traveling the world and working remotely? Well, for me, it started about almost four years ago now. And basically, I was in a situation maybe a lot of people can relate with, which was uh, being stuck in a corporate job that (laughs) I wasn't very passionate about. So I was doing some like digital marketing work in London, Ontario, Canada. And somehow, some sort of Facebook update or something got me where I, I discovered this idea about becoming a digital nomad. Specifically, I think what got me was this idea that you could be uh, traveling around the world while you were working. And I think at that time, there was, I wasn't really aware of like why I wanted to leave, but there was something kind of deep down in my heart saying like, this isn't the life for you. Like you need to uh, live with more passion. You need to just get out there and see see what you're really interested in. And so uh, I felt this this calling and got pretty obsessed with it, spent a couple months kind of researching it and trying to figure out how to do it. And then uh, eventually ended up quitting my job and booking a one-way flight to Bangkok, Thailand. That's so awesome, very inspiring. I also had a similar experience back in, I wanna say 2016, I bought a one-way plane ticket to Costa Rica, traveled around the country for a week, and then I was I was hooked on travel. I've been uh, backpacking through South America and different places. But uh, what, where are you based right now, if you don't mind me asking? So I haven't really been based anywhere for the last three years, which is basically ah. when I started. So I started in September 1st of 2016. And at the moment, though, I'm actually back in my hometown in London, Ontario, Canada, uh, visiting, and I'll be staying until Christmas before, uh, shortly afterwards, heading off to Peru. Excellent. Is that is that where your family and most of your friends live in uh, Ontario? Yeah. So growing up, I've been here since I was uh, six years old. So this is, if anywhere's home, wow. this has got to be it. And yeah, just back for a little short visit, although it actually feels pretty long to spend a couple of months here. It does feel quite, quite, uh, quite long for me, but 
Yeah. It's good to get your roots sometimes and just take a break from traveling. I'm I'm also in the same boat right now. I'm back in my, it's not my hometown. I'm originally from Michigan, but uh, currently living in Austin, Texas. Been here for about five months. But I can totally relate to what you're talking about because I just get this wanderlust all the time. <laughs> like, you know, I, I'd really love to be in Indonesia right now, backpacking through Southeast Asia or any number of other places. So... What do you have to say for digital nomads that are kind of afraid to take that next step and maybe just book that one-way plane ticket? What, what <laughs> advice do you have for them? Well, uh, if you're already aware that you're afraid of the decision or the potential decision, then that's probably a healthy indicator that there might be some pretty awesome growth for you in that mm -hmm. decision. Uh, for for sure. myself... It's, it's hard to imagine that doing all this would be scary now when I reflect upon it, but I very much do remember being quite uh, terrified, really, <laughs> to uh -huh, uh -huh. quit my job at the time, which was a decent job with good pay and benefits and all that stuff. Uh, I was pretty afraid to quit that, and I had no idea, actually, like how I was going to support yeah. myself financially. I just uh, kind of had this attitude, like, I'll find a way, I'll make it work. And, well, uh, uh, what's that Mike? sorry go ahead i kind of cut you off there no worries um i just remember yeah being very afraid of quitting that job and then also like not necessarily afraid of then to the one-way uh plane ticket but definitely like what the heck is going on so a mixture between like uh <laughs> very excited a little bit nervous uh definitely not sure what to expect so, so if you're feeling scared about that next step, then uh, that's probably a good sign that there might be something good for you there. Absolutely. So, yeah, obviously, you're, I would say you're well within the majority of people that are afraid to just quit that that lucrative job and and getting obviously you getting a paycheck every month is a huge win. Um, but sometimes it just takes takes that little extra push to get you out of your comfort zone. I, I bought a one-way ticket to Panama City when I was, uh, that was the start. I was backpacking in South America for a year and a half, all the way down to Patagonia in Southern Chile. Mm -hmm. And I left with only $500 in my bank account. <laughs> <laughs> so I was like, oh my God, this is so risky. What am I going to do? Luckily, I did have a backup plan. My family would help me, but um, I was able to find a way to generate passive income with the Airbnb referral program. So that's, that's something we can talk cool. about more later, but um, it, it sustained me for about 10 months. Now, I don't, I don't mean Pretty to one-up you, Mike, and this is not my one-up anyway, so I think I can share it. But that reminds me of an amazing woman I've met along uh, the way in my travels. Her name's Reese, and she's also uh -huh. the... US and she made it from the US to uh, South America with I forget if it was a $50 bill or a $100 bill she didn't actually end wow. up using the bill at all the entire time until she made it to her uh, like goal destination she made the whole way through uh, hitchhiking and through strangers good will basically to eat and sleep she is That's a badass unbelievable. And so she yeah. made it to where she was trying to go in South America. And then she wanted to buy 
uh, like some sort of beautiful handcrafted backpack or I, I think it was a backpack. And when she went to pay with that bill, she actually found out months and months later at the end of this journey that it was a counterfeit bill and she couldn't even use oh, it. But that's, but that's actually crazy story. the best part because the entire time she's kind of got this like extremely minimal, you know, fail safe or backup, but it never even existed in the first place. And I think oh, wow. like, yeah, that, that <laughs> like it kind of, I feel chills when I hear the story, especially from her directly. It's a, it's a tale. It's a wild one. <clears throat> Reese, what's her last name? Witherspoon? <laughs> no. Not we'll, we'll remain anonymous, right? I actually have a yeah, I have a really hard time uh, pronouncing it. But if anyone wants to learn more about Reese, maybe they can grab my contact info in the the podcast description. Yeah, absolutely. So tell me more about the the Facebook group. So you've been running this for how long now? So I also started the Facebook group basically at this exact same time that I started uh, traveling. So it's been mm-hmm. up for. Uh, over three years well specifically when we started originally when we started it was actually a website a, a regular uh, web forum which some of us uh, older people might remember they're still around though <laughs> uh-huh, uh-huh. I used and to use those a lot <laughs> throughout the years though uh, just know we all we started a Facebook group in conjunction with it and just noticed that um, people are just getting more out of the Facebook experience and it was it was better to be honest than the uh, website I had built. So we moved things over completely. And it's been a really interesting project because when I started it, I had, I really didn't know what I was doing. I just was kind of caught up in this like hype <laughs> buzz world of digital nomadism. And I was like, I need a digital nomad startup <laughs> business or something sure. like that project. And yeah. so I started it and, uh, Eventually, it started growing over the years, and more so in the last like one and a half, one years, I really started realizing that uh, through my own journey and the things that have worked for me, there's a lot of things that uh, people are really struggling with that I can help them with. And so I've had a chance to do that now for a few years and really just get like deeply in touch with the pulse of this of this movement of this community of this kind of group of people like what are they really struggling with what what is the best what are the best parts of doing it what are the biggest challenges all that so it's been very cool to have this like kind of zoomed out view on Mm. on it as a whole or not as a whole you know we're only 10,000 people however many million are doing it but it's enough to start really seeing some trends and really getting some interesting insights that's awesome. Yeah. So it's mostly has it grown organically over the past year, few years and just kind of it just took off like a rocket at, at some point along the way. Has well, it been like a steady, slow growth? No. So in the interest of like absolute honesty, which is something I definitely struggled with when I was starting the group, I actually mm-hmm. had a lot of the initial growth, probably up to like six, seven or eight thousand members. I don't remember exactly through some kind of unfortunate black hat marketing so i did some things i'm actually not really proud of and i won't get into <laughs> that with on this podcast but that's okay what I, sure. what I can say in hindsight was it was actually through my travels and the experiences i had that led me to start really realizing that 
I don't want to be this guy who kind of engages in unethical things, whether it's mm. black hat marketing or telling white lies. Uh, along my travels, some of the most meaningful uh, experiences have been uh, falling in love and developing a uh, deep relationship with the importance of being honest and having a positive impact in this world, like actually being of service to other people, not just putting money in your pocket, but how do you actually like help people create value? And so when I started all of this, absolutely, that was not where my mind and heart was at, but mm -hmm. uh, it has changed as people and projects do throughout the years. So that's the honest background in a nutshell. Uh, and then since after I stopped that stuff, uh, we had already reached this critical mass where the organic growth has just kind of snowballed now and combined with, you know, just actually giving people value and helping and supporting people, it, it, it has continued to grow quite uh, quickly now on its own. That's great news. And I've noticed that the engagement in the group is, is pretty good as well. I. I recently launched my own um, Facebook group. It's called Digital Nomad Ventures. So, so far it's only about 350 people, but speaking of, you know, some ways to just kind of take it to the next level is there's actually a Chrome extension called like group invite all that you can install. And then that'll just go through and automatically invite all your, your Facebook friends. <laughs> and I, I yeah. probably already did that, not with I'm an automatic sure. tool, but <laughs> uh -huh. definitely creeped through the list and was like, who would be interested uh, in this sure. one starting it out? But <laughs> right. Spray and pray, that's what I say. Spray. <laughs> I don't know if that's the best technique, but it probably might be not helpful as just a, a starting point. But sure. Awesome. And so let's, uh, let's change topics a little bit now and talk more about what you're doing over at Mindful Nomads Retreat. I think the last time we spoke, I was in Buenos Aires, and you were kind of telling me a little bit more about maybe getting involved with that project. What, what inspired you to start that, and, and what are you doing? Sure. Uh, so maybe I'll it. just quickly share what it is for anyone. Mm -hmm. like, what the heck's a Mindful Nomads Retreat? So the yeah, Mindful what was that? <laughs> So the Mindful Nomads Retreat is basically a week-long uh, in-person boot camp, and we've hosted in kind of uh, digital nomad hotspots around the world uh, in Lake Atilan in Guatemala, which I guess actually that's not as big of a hotspot, but then uh, in our second location, it was near Changu in Bali, which is one of the uh, largest hotspots. And so basically, people who are wanting to become digital nomads come together and we're showing them the nitty gritty practical aspect of how do you actually land remote work uh, as a freelancer so that they can have 100% remote income, but then also integrate mindfulness, uh, mindfulness practices like yoga, meditation, and exploring uh, plant-based diet into their life so that basically they can continue after this retreat, explore the world, or go home if they choose and just really start to uh, have more freedom to, our hope is to, to positively impact the planet. So have fun, explore the world, do all this great stuff that comes along with the digital nomad lifestyle, but really also start to reflect on some of these deeper questions in life. Like why, why am I here? Like what, what is the point of my uh -huh. life? What do I want to do? 
uh, with this life while I have it, you know? So how can we make the world a better place? That's a question I exactly. ask myself yep. many times. Um, yeah, that's great. And I'd, I'd possibly be interested in, in joining the retreat sometime. I could come out there and my friend Jenna Hasso, who is, uh, she's a yoga teacher based here in Austin. She does retreats as well. And I'm actually interviewing her on the podcast next week. So, um, awesome. but yeah, that's, that's great. Um, we have so, had uh, some pretty interesting guest uh, teachers come by uh, at the two retreats we've hosted so far. And I think that's one of the, uh, I, I love it from the aspect of like the people who are thinking about com- becoming one, of course, they're learning from myself and the other teachers we have throughout the week. But then when guests mm-hmm. come, it's just great for them to see how many different ways are people doing this. How many people are figuring out unique ways to support themselves uh, to travel? Awesome. Yeah, we need more of that. And and I think you know, as as the internet becomes more and more ubiquitous, people are. I just got a new Chromebook. It's super portable and lightweight. It turns into a tablet. So. That's something I can carry around anywhere and just work from, I don't know, a beach in Thailand or, you know. So it's becoming more and more possible and people are realizing that it's it's not necessary to just stay in a cubicle all day. And <laughs> it's not it's, necessary and it's not yeah, fun. <laughs> it's not fun, that's for sure. I've been, been there, done that, and I just hate it. I can't do it. Um, so I actually just recently started, have you ever heard of the company Favor? Uh, I haven't heard of Favor. They're mostly based in Texas. They're kind of taking over all the Texas cities, but it's a startup where you can either ride your bike or drive a car and um, deliver food to people. Okay. So I'm now a Favor runner, and it's just a good way to make a. It's like a side hustle, basically, to make a little extra income. It's funny but you mentioned this. Exercise and get paid for it. So. <laughs> yeah, it's funny you mentioned this because I li- so as I got back to London, I actually just bought my first e-bike. So it's like a oh. combination between a regular pedal bicycle and uh, electric assist motor. Very and I, cool. I'm a very passionate mountain biker and motorbiker. I just like I love anything with two wheels. And so I got one of these to get around here. And I've kind of been wanting a break from all this online work I've been doing. Like some of it, I love the, the retreats so much fun because that's in person. And some of the other yeah. stuff I'm kind of finding myself doing, I'm like, you know what? Today, I don't want to be on the computer. In fact, I want to just be outside. And so I actually, uh, I don't know if I'm going to do anything with it, but I created an Uber Eats account. I, yeah. I don't know that I want to deliver food. The pay is terrible compared to yeah. everything else I do. Sure, um, sure. But yeah. it's just kind of, it's just curious. So I'm like, let's just, let's just see what this is about. At least yeah. understand it from the other side of it, which is the people running it. I don't know. Sure. And it's pretty fun too. Yesterday was my first day. I think I made like four deliveries and I only made, it was minimum wage. So okay. hopefully I'll okay. have better like, luck next like, time. Like what is that? Is that 20 bucks? Is that 40 bucks or... Well, you're in Canada, so I'm sure the minimum wage is a lot higher over there. But here in here in Texas, it's about I want to say eight dollars an hour. Okay, so yeah, yeah. that's just it's pretty brutal, and that's mm-hmm. like oh man, that's it's cutthroat. It might have been fun work. Uh, I am definitely one to try and make work as fun as possible, but maybe not the I, most. You gotta survive too, use. right? Like yeah, and maybe not the most effective use of your time either if you're making. 
150 an hour is like as a photographer i can shoot events and charge about 150 an hour so it's yep. just you know good well then of course that's how do you find clients which is something else i want to talk to you about is uh, <laughs> so you've done a lot of you've done a lot of work on upwork sounds mm -hmm. like you've been very successful with that platform um so what what are some what's some advice you can give to our listeners like and just how do you get started and sure. find freelance gigs sure so if you're thinking about becoming a freelancer, then uh, again, one of the nice things about being uh, in touch with this digital nomad community for years now is I've really seen kind of what consistently works and what doesn't really work for most. And so when it comes to being a freelancer and finding remote gigs, uh, I typically steer people, to, if you don't already have existing network, if you don't already have friends and business owners you know who can give you work, then you have to start from scratch. So if you're starting from scratch, then I point people towards using remote work platforms. Upwork's the biggest one in the world. And for that reason, it's got the biggest variety and abundance of different types of jobs. So mm -hmm. Upwork's great for that reason. And there's other uh, remote work platforms that are pretty popular as well, depending on what type of work you're doing. So how do you actually land the work? Here's the biggest hurdle you got to overcome is that when you're getting into this stuff, learning about Upwork or other remote work platforms, you're going to hear a lot of people talking in the background. Like, it doesn't work, blah, blah, blah. Uh, haters going to hate. Haters, basically. They're like, uh, there's too many other freelancers with very low hourly rates. I can't compete. I submitted 20 proposals. Nobody replied. It doesn't work. Um, all the, There's a million reasons why people say they don't work. So when I was at the beginning of my nomad journey, I was in Bali. I had run out of um, work from friends and business people I already knew growing up in Canada. So I had to find a way basically from scratch to find clients. And that's when I found Upwork and heard all the haters. And I was like, okay, that all makes sense. I hear what they're saying. But then the thing that was confusing me was that on remote work platforms, typically you can see a freelancer's uh, success. It's public. And what I mean by that is you can see what their hourly rate is and see how many hours they have built. So you can see, sense. you know, are they earning enough to survive? Are they earning a good annual income? Or are they only making, you know, 20 bucks, like we just talked about with the Uber Eats? And mm -hmm. I, so I realized, okay, yeah, some people are really successful with this. And then what I also realized is like, it's not just a small, like it's not like the top 10% or whatever. It's like a very large number of freelancers in every category are earning their full-time income from this thing. And That's so I was confused, why is there a lot of people saying it just straight up doesn't work, but then a lot of people I can see with my own eyes, it's working. And so for me, I'm like one of these obsessive people who loves reading like all the reviews of a product before I buy it, and I'm just pretty nerdy and uh, <laughs> obsessed. You and me both. Yeah, about researching certain things. And this is one of those things that caught my eye. So I spent a ton of time, like at least dozens of hours just researching, like how does Upwork work? Like what are all these pieces that go together to make it so that a freelancer actually gets hired by a client? And so mm -hmm. what I did, which is not a novel feat by any means, is basically started learning only from the people who are actually having success. So I stopped, stopped getting feedback and listening to people who are like, didn't work for me, blah, blah, here's why it doesn't work. It's like, okay, just gonna ignore you guys for a bit. 
and I started uh, basically researching profiles and freelancers of people who are just crushing it. And what I noticed was there's a very big difference between what these uh, successful freelancers are doing on these platforms versus the haters, the naysayers. Yeah, naysayers. Yeah. And so I applied uh, what I learned to my profile and started having really good results. For me, I was earning at the time about uh, 20-ish US an hour and basically within uh, eight weeks had started getting as much work as I wanted at $80 US, so almost a quadruple. That is a quadruple uh, increase in earnings with no no uh, difference in my skills or experience. And so I was like blown away. So I started sprinkling what had worked for me in this approach into uh, people in the digital nomads form because that's the number one thing people are asking about. How do I earn money remotely? How do I get remote work? How do I get freelance gigs? Always similar questions. And so I started sprinkling in what was working for me, started noticing it was working for others. And so we've built up a little bit of a... Uh, Sorry to interrupt. Can you hear drilling in the background? I can barely, barely hear it, but it sounds pretty okay. good. I think we're good. Okay, good. Excellent. Keep, keep going. So figured out some things and started sprinkling that into my group. It was working for other people. That's when I really realized I had something uh, like kind of just a, a, a formatted or templated way you can work smart towards earning your freelance gigs. And so there's basically three key pillars that teach people. Uh, one is research 20, 30 profiles of people who are on the remote work platform you're thinking of using, who have mm-hmm. lots of positive five-star reviews or 10-star or whatever the star system is, uh, who are earning the hourly rate that you want to earn and that are in the specific niche of work that you're doing. So if you're a photographer, or like let's say you're a photo editor, great learn from the photo editors. Don't look at the videographers. They might be helpful in some way, but start with start with the uh, photographers and photo editing people. That's gonna be way more relevant. So look at 20 to 30 profiles, take notes of two things. Um, one, the trends that you notice that are the same across these winners. And then two, what I like to call the unique bits, basically just awesome, creative, interesting ways that people presenting themselves through their profile. Now, once you go through this process of finding these 20 to 30 profiles that match the characteristics I just shared uh, and take notes of those trends and unique bits, what you're doing is creating a really excellent foundation and template to create your profile based on what's already working specifically on the platform you're going to be using in the niche you're going to be working in. So that's pillar one. This is how we get a rock solid profile down. Pillar two is all about uh, instant and automated notifications. So on these platforms, jobs get posted all the time, 24 seven. And the reality is most freelancers are gonna finish up their breakfast or coffee or whatever it is in the morning. Then they maybe check once a day, if that. Reality is though, the best job might come in at lunchtime, might come in at dinner time, might come in at another time. So Mm -hmm. we don't have really time in this podcast to get into depth on the technical side of how to do this. 
of course. Do you people. have a Do you have an ebook available that people can download that goes into? I have, I have something called the Remote Work uh, Masterclass, which is a free video series uh, that goes into depth with something I'm about to share now, and people can come uh, check that out in the Digital Nomads Forum on Facebook. So. Basically, though, what you can set up is a tool, a free tool that will scan jobs that meet the ideal criteria for you. So there's enough, uh, they're paying the right amount and it's interesting, relevant work to you. So for me, uh -huh. actually, I started realizing, well, I don't just want to help people with digital marketing. I want to help people having a positive impact. So I started exclusively looking for things with charities, uh, nonprofits and social enterprises, all these kind of organizations that are always doing good. And Excellent. So set up these notifications automatically to stop manually spending our time looking for the right jobs. Most importantly though, get instantly notified when these opportunities pop up and then be very close to the first person or first to apply. Because the closer you are to being first, the much higher the likelihood is that you actually get hired. So this is basically Interesting. pillar two. So pillar one, rock solid profile foundation. Pillar two is uh, be the first person to apply basically to the ideal job. And then pillar three naturally leads us into sending a killer proposal that actually converts. Proposal is just literally a text. It's, it's text message that says why you're the right fit for the job, why they'll be able to provide value, why they should hire you. And so you don't want to write like a dissertation, of course, uh, just to keep it simple, right? Keep it simple. And it's if it's going in a text so, an e versus so, an email. I, so mm -hmm. I should have clarified. So when I say text, I mean like um, it's words typed. It's not like ah, a text oh, message on your phone, right? It's just um, like just uh -huh, text. Uh -huh. that, Sorry. Oh, yeah, yeah. Of not course. a video, it's not an image, it's text. That's what I mean. Sure, sure. Um, thanks for clarifying that. Uh, no problem, um, sorry. Mm -hmm. And so the key to those proposals then is striking a balance between having it be custom tailored, which means you actually uh, show that you really read what a potential client needs help with, and then you tailor your response to how you can help them do exactly that. So you have to be custom tailored, but you also have to be time efficient because a lot of people will easily spend, uh, you know, 10, 15 plus minutes perfectly trying to craft each proposal. And this is going to burn you out because when you're starting on these uh, platforms, your odds of getting hired from a proposal when you're brand new, you have no reviews are probably close to the uh, five to 15 percent mark and once you get more experience you can maybe get closer to the 30 percent mark but at the end of the day what this always means is it, it's a numbers game you're not going to get hired for most of the jobs you submit a proposal on so with this knowledge in mind we just need to be intelligent so that we don't spend a lot of time on something that might not even result in anything and so i give people a, a template that combines uh, using a bit of custom tailoring and then a bit of uh, pre-formatted text so that they can basically send a really great custom tailored proposal in maybe three to five minutes. That means if you're at the low end where only 5% of your proposals actually land you a client, 
you got to send 20 proposals. If you can send 20 proposals at five minutes each, that's just under two hours to uh, most likely land your first client. And that is reasonable. That is achievable. That is doable. You spend 15 plus minutes on each one. All of a sudden it's hours and it's probably just crossing that threshold where people give up. They say it doesn't work. They join the haters. So long-winded answer, but this is my bread and butter. This is what I'm yeah, crazy about. I can tell people. you obviously have a lot of experience these, in this area. These three pillars, these are the key for people just crushing it when they are uh, looking at using a remote work platform like Upwork or otherwise to get some uh, remote work for themselves. So it's a good it's a good thing to have both quantity and quality. You send out an email to the people that are you know related to the job you're looking for, and it also has to be not just a generic script that you send to everybody, but customized to fit their needs. Absolutely, and like it would be great if you know this numbers game wasn't really a factor. You know, if you had a very high odd every time of getting hired, but that's just not the case, and so you just need to acknowledge that instead of ignoring it and adjust your strategy, your plan for how you're going to be successful with these platforms to account for it. Good to know. Thank you so much for sharing. I'm sure uh, many, many of my listeners will find that very helpful. What, are, so. what are some other platforms you'd recommend? There's, I think there's like people per hour. Um, there, there's a lot. There's mm -hmm. a lot. And there's basically what I think of as two categories. One is kind of these general sites like uh, Upwork or Fiverr or people uh, per hour. There's, and there's many more where they will have jobs from all kinds of categories. So they'll have stuff related to accounting, to law, to graphic design, virtual assisting, uh, all types of digital marketing, anything yeah. you can think of basically that can be done on a computer. So that's kind of your general sites. And then you're also going to have uh, sites where they specialize. So there's, uh, for example, sites that specialize in uh, providing freelancers for video editors. And it's where people go just to have help uh, with video projects. Mm -hmm. And my go-to, so if you have a specific niche, you'll have to just do a little bit of homework to find the right one for you. But for the most part, I'm really recommending people either onto Upwork. And the reason for that is because since they're so much bigger than everyone else, yeah, you really do get the uh, greatest abundance and selection of jobs that not only pay well, but that are meaningful. And so this is what throws people off. So actually the most remote freelance jobs for charities, nonprofits, and other positive impact related businesses are actually found through Upwork. Do they also have the most cutthroat jobs for terrible companies? Yes, uh -huh. <laughs> but you, you get to choose, right? And when you're setting up your notifications, if you're doing it the way I teach people, then you get to choose, am I working for Coca-Cola or am I trying to help save the rainforest? Uh, you, you have a choice. Um, awesome. So Upwork's greatest, in my opinion, for those two reasons. Uh, but then the other one I really like is called Free Up. That's with three E's in the yeah. The I, I actually know the CEO Nathan. Nathan, Hirsch. yep. Yeah. Nathan's yeah. a cool guy, and he's working hard to basically, uh, I guess, improve upon platforms like Upwork, where they are successful in their size and volume, but then they uh -huh. kind of suffer in their uh, customer service and their kind of 
quality control and some of these other little things that, you know, when you're huge, you miss, you miss these things. And so Nathan, they're doing a little bit more of like a boutique approach, but the result ultimately is uh, a higher quality freelancer using that site and better better relationships basically between clients and freelancers who are on that platform. So I really like it. I'm looking at the website right now. It says hire pre-vetted freelancers, get more done faster. And one of the nice things about it is they hire the top 1% in their fields. Yeah. So you you can be confident that you're going to get a very qualified freelancer. So I actually worked with a a guy uh, helping. He was doing some link building for my website, website through FreeUp. And I was connected within a day or two, set up the interview, and then we went from there. And yep. uh, yeah, overall, it was a positive experience. Yep. I decided to let him go after two weeks just because I didn't really have the budget for it. But uh, <laughs> um, yeah, I yeah. got on those Uber Eats deliveries, man. <laughs> for sure. Yeah, I know. And finding more photography clients here in Austin. But um, also, uh, I'm looking at a list of the top, like, you know, remote work websites on a website called Creative Live. Have you ever heard of them? I haven't seen anything about Creative Live, no. It's a, you know, it's like a learning marketplace. They have everything from photo, money, art, design, you name it, music. Okay. Um, and I'm actually reading the book right now. It's called Creative Calling by Chase Jarvis. Okay. He's a uh, world, world-class photographer, entrepreneur. I'd highly recommend uh, reading it. It's very interesting and uh, awesome. So what else should we talk about? Let's see. <laughs> yeah, anything else on your mind? What other Not tips too much to on my mind. Other tips? Oh, yeah. man, I've got... Or favorite travel destinations. We could talk about travel. that for a while. <laughs> okay. Um, well, one tip uh, I'll quickly share then is that I like to take advantage of communities so in creating my own online and managing it i've seen the value of that and what i've realized is for almost anything you're trying to figure out whether it's about remote work or mountain biking or photography there are usually especially online big communities of people also passionate and experienced in these things and so instead of um trying to kind of uh, charge my way through things like headstrong like on my own by myself I really started trying to learn from people who've already had success with what I'm trying to figure out Uh, and so I find a great place to start with that is if I have a question about uh, you know maybe creative life right Mm -hmm. maybe there's probably uh, for sure a Facebook group for creative live freelancers or whatever uh, the group of people calls themselves within that world. And so I'll just join that group, go in there and uh, ask my question and give detailed, if you give a, a, create a detailed question and get answers then from people who already have figured out what I'm trying to stumble through. So yeah, that's smart. Or even just introducing yourself and then going from there. Absolutely. And on the topic like that me and you have connected on right now, which is basically remote work and digital nomadism, there is such an abundance of these groups. And so everything you think you're stuck with, there's a thousand other people who've been stuck with it and probably at least a hundred of them who's actually figured it out. So uh, instead of getting stuck and feeling hopeless, just share your question and don't 
go in a forum and say, or a group and say, how do I make money online? Go <laughs> in a, like, that's a terrible question. You will get terrible answers. Uh, ask a specific question. So for example, what's the very first step of learning how to earn money online? And then people would tell you, well, you need to choose your niche basically, right? You need to figure out what is, what's the skill that you can offer. Okay. So that's something digestible. You can start thinking about, do I have existing skills and experience? Oh, great. Okay. I could do that. If not, well, that's another question, specific question. What do people without specialized <laughs> skills and experience do to earn money remotely? Right. Uh, not how do I earn money remotely? So, so that's it's my classic. Tip. It's a classic chicken and egg case too. Like if you don't have experience, how do you get the experience? Absolutely. And nobody's going to hire you unless you have the experience. So it's just like a big circular <laughs> thing. And that's something I've, I've struggled with for years. You know, I have a computer science degree. I've interviewed a lot of the top tech companies, but they just, for whatever reason, they don't want to hire me. So uh, at this point, I've, I'm forced to be an, well, I wouldn't say I'm forced, but I am an entrepreneur. I just have to own that fact, you know, embrace it. Yeah. And like I, with, with that situation, I don't know, because I'm not really personally that experienced at getting are being very successful at earning traditional jobs. I've kind of gone this uh, mm-hmm. other other path. And so I guess I, I want people to know then, uh, definitely in some things in life, there's this chicken and the egg problem. But when it comes to getting remote work and your foot in the door, it's not actually a chicken and the egg problem. When again, you learn from people, how do they, yeah. So all the, every single freelancer, on these platforms, they started out somehow without any reviews on the platform. So there's a lot of people, like millions of people who've done it. So how are they doing it? And so um, I've, I think I've given enough juicy tips on this uh, remote work and Upwork topic, but I would just encourage people maybe to uh, come in the Digital Nomads forum. And if you're like curious, well, oh, I have no reviews, what's the next step? Uh, come stop by and we can chat about that yeah. a bit more. Awesome. Yeah. Check out the Facebook group. It's called Digital Nomads Forum. I think your other question was about uh, favorite location. Favorite so, travel destinations and what are some of your, uh, do you have morning rituals that you do in the day or, or things that you encourage you to just still your mind and, and reduce stress? I know it's kind of a loaded question. No, it's a cool question. Um, so I think for me, uh, two places that stand out as some of my favorites were uh, for adventure and like what I imagined travel was before I actually did it. India has been my favorite place that I've traveled to for the richness of culture, the friendliness of the people, the deliciousness of the food. Uh, the stunning diversity of the geography. It's just really, wow, what an adventurous country. Really uh, personally enjoyed it. I can't um, wait to visit someday. Absolutely. I, I would highly recommend. Well, I've only been in parts of the, it's a huge, huge country. Been parts of the north, uh, the foothills of the Himalayan mountains, that whole area is just, wow. What's um, the population of India? It's got to be like one and a half billion or, or more. It's over a billion. I don't know the exact uh, wow. population off the top of my head, but 
you definitely feel it in certain areas like Delhi. Uh, that was the biggest city I was in. It's like I've never seen chaos <laughs> in that uh, on that scale. Really cool. Mm-hmm. Um, the other location uh, I've spent a lot of time at that I really enjoy is in Bali in Indonesia, specifically in Ubud. Uh, That's my next destination. Early next year, hopefully. Cool. Yeah, I, I heard you mention earlier, you're like, I get some travel wanderlust for, uh, maybe I want to go to Bali. Um, for me, I like Bali a lot because of the uh, affordable, high quality of life and the quality of life being uh, related to, I guess, really food, food, uh-huh. accommodation, and then for me, uh, spirituality related events. So yeah, uh, a lot of access to really healthy just phenomenal delicious food that's affordable uh affordable nice comfortable accommodation and then lots of people and cool events going on so definitely a vibrant vibrant place uh, to live yeah my friend uh daniel davis he's a photographer from austin he's been over there for i don't know at least over a year now and just recently had a baby with his his girlfriend so that that was pretty amazing. They're somewhere in a boot. In Bali, they have the baby? To visit. Uh, it's on an island off the coast. I can't remember the exact name of the place. Nusa Penida, maybe? Maybe. Yeah, that sounds that sounds right. Okay. Um, and yeah, they were, they're constantly posting on social media, like, oh, we're going to do this water birth, and, and now the baby's finally born. Yep, yep. They're always posting pictures. Super, you know, very spiritual hippie people. <laughs> <laughs> but it, it, would be, it would be a lot of fun to visit them sometime. Yeah, that's uh, yeah. no, yeah. cool. And really so, cool. so that that probably ties in nicely then to the morning ritual question because mm-hmm. uh, for me in the last few years, well, actually only since I started traveling to India, that's where my uh, hunger for exploring this world of spirituality actually uh, began. But in a typical morning, like if I'm on my game and really doing the things that I want to be doing uh usually i'll be uh, waking up relatively early ish with the sun so that'll usually be between sometime like 7 to 8 Mm -hmm. a.m and then uh, i get up i i scrape my tongue which is like a ayurvedic kind of uh (laughs) hygiene practice totally really i had no idea totally recommend it Anyone who tries it, you'll see what comes off your tongue every morning. You'll be like, that does not belong in me. Oh, uh, gross. Yeah, <laughs> but it feels good to do, and it's quick and easy. And scrape my tongue, drink some water, brush my teeth, uh, and then a little bit of meditation and yoga. And what I've really been trying to break into recently is then before I start doing any sort of work-related stuff is actually spending time uh, to prioritize what I'm going to be uh, working on for the day. Now, caveat with all of these things, um, I've been a lot more successful at sometimes with following all of this and less successful at other times. So it's very much a practice a journey. It's it's challenging to form some of these habits for me, anyways. And uh, but these are some of the ones that are having a big impact on my life. Yeah, this is that's uh, interesting, and it's something that I struggle with on a daily basis as well. I, you know, so my daily daily practice is typically I'll wake up, 
maybe around 9.30. I set my alarm for 9.30. And then when my alarm goes off, I'll start scrolling through social media or checking my email, which is not the best oh, way to man. start the day because then you got <laughs> all these other people pulling your attention to different places. Exactly. So it's, yeah. So I'm trying to get into the habit of just meditating, putting on some soothing, relaxing flute music or, you know, whatever, <laughs> whatever it may be, and, or using an app like uh, Headspace. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I've already got my yoga mat laid out right in front of my bed. So that's like a positive reinforcement to <laughs> uh, just meditate. Um, so I'm getting better at that. But uh, what, what the majority of the people check their phone immediately when they wake up. It's within arm's reach and it's convenient. So... And I've done that That's, for a long time. And I really mm-hmm. feel it is just like, it's a terrible way to start. Yeah. It's kind of it's insidious, stressful. really. It does, we don't even realize it, too. Um, oh, I heard something last night. I was at a meeting. They said you should create before, before uh, get, I forget how it goes, but like create before getting other people to pull your attention away. Exactly. Take the do. first thing in the morning, or like you say, brush your teeth, take a shower. Mm-hmm. Uh, go outside, walk around a little bit <laughs> just to get the blood flowing. I think that's like one of the biggest keys I found is like, don't get on the internet until I've finished some morning movement, whether that's yoga, whether that's mountain biking, going for a walk, like just yeah. do something before you start doing the work stuff. That's worked well for me. That's um, a great when, practice. When I'm on game and, and doing it every day. <laughs> uh, Sure. All right. Awesome. So it's been great talking to you. I think uh, I think we're going to wrap up the podcast now. We've been going for about 50 minutes. And uh, thanks so much for, for being on Digital Nomad Ventures. And uh, so where can we find out some more information about you? So people can connect with me through the Facebook group, Digital Nomads Forum. You can find that just by searching that name on Facebook. Uh, they can come to my website, robertocrook.com. We'll leave a link for it in the uh, podcast description. And they can check out what's going on with the Mindful Nomads Retreat at mindfulnomadsretreat.com. Awesome. And I'll leave the links in the show notes as well so that people can easily find your, your uh, content. Exactly. Perfect. Thank you so much for having me, Mike. Absolutely. Thank you. And so this has been another episode of Digital Nomad Ventures with Robert O. Krook. Uh, Thanks so much for listening and we'll be releasing another podcast early next week.